0: Independent. Expressive of a spirit of independence. Self-confident. Unconstrained. My name is Joe Armstrong. You are listening to Independence Day. This is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. Tonight on Independence Day, Doug Pettibone. In the music world, sideman is a term used to describe a member of a band who supports the main act. Their employment can range from a single gig to a long, steady career with a single marquee artist. Their job is to make their employer sound good, and the amount of attention they receive can also vary widely, from nameless jobbers to players who have made supporting other artists their primary claim to fame and source of income. It can be a great gig, because the members of the band can go to the mall without being mobbed while their boss suffers the trappings of fame. Guitarist Doug Pettibone has been the right-hand man for revered songwriter Lucinda Williams for over a decade, accompanying her both in the studio and on stage. Although playing in Lucinda's band is her main gig, he has also worked with a long list of household names, not the least of which are Keith Richards, Mark Knopfler, John Mayer, Nora Jones, Sting, Steve Earle, Elvis Costello, Jewel, and Tift Merritt. But Pettibone is far from being the kind of sideman that just plays guitar next to the singer. He also writes produces and plays a multitude of instruments with a near-virtuosic flair. All of these skills are showcased on his brand-new album, Gone, which was released in February of 2014. Far from being the vanity project of a journeyman guitarist, Gone finds Pettibone showcasing his considerable skills as an artist in his own right. All the amazing guitar parts and tones that are the hallmark of Pettibone's playing are evident on Gone, and the liner notes read like a who's who of top echelon musicians. Perhaps most pleasantly surprising is the confidence of his vocals as the songs veer from breezy Southern California bird-style pop to blues of both the jazzy and and down-and-dirty kind. Welcome to Independence Day, Doug Pettibone. Hello. Hey, man. How's it going? It's going very well. Thank you for being here. Coming all the way down from beautiful Ventura. Thanks. It was a nice drive. To beautiful Glenn It is a nice drive to go up to Ventura. You mean you're a guy, you know, I know you most working with Lucinda Williams, you know, fairly legendary singer-songwriter, one of the top songwriters going in, a, in the game these days but you're also a writer yourself you've got this brand new record gone which just came out last week that's right uh, and you read down the list of people who've played on this thing man and it reads like a who's who of southern california musicians why you've done only as far as i know you've done one solo record before like what what made you decide to do another one now
1: um it's about time it had been about what eight years something like that i just had a, a new batch of songs and and uh decided i wanted to do a record with the full band last one i did was just me banging on pots and pans and playing all the instruments this time i wanted to actually um have my my friends play on it
0: yeah and there are a lot of your friends like looking at this record man i mean you've got you know lucinda's on it of course uh you've got you know bill frizzell jim christie Mm -hmm. taras is on there from uh merles uh, from Merle these days uh phil parlopiano a guy who i've had on this very show here i mean there's so many people it's like we wouldn't we'd spend the whole hour talking about the people that were on the record and the record's cool Thanks. You know, it's it sits somewhere in the in in the Lucinda wheelhouse. If you're a fan of Lucinda's music, people will probably really dig this too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's re- certainly a lot of the members of the band. It seems like are there, sure. Um, and the songs are good. And one thing that surprised me, like I didn't know that you sang this. Really, much. I had no idea. Yeah, I
1: used to sing a lot, and uh, just around town. You know, come working my way up at restaurants. I do solo gigs like like five days a week, uh-huh. know, singing all the hits.
0: So let's let's go back to like how you got started with this whole thing because now you've got this career. These days you're out with John Mayer. I'm out with Mayer. Which is yeah. a pretty big gig.
1: So it's a, it's a pretty big gig. Yeah. It's it's the big leagues.
0: Yeah. yeah. We'll circle back around and talk about that. But I mean, at first I want to get to the heart of like, you know, what take me back a little bit. Like when you were a kid, you started playing guitar when you were pretty young, right?
1: I started playing guitar when I was 8. We had a a neighborhood that was uh full of musician kids. I mean, everybody, the Beatles were just coming out and happening and everybody was getting electric guitars and they were about, everybody's like two or three years older than me. And, and, and and nobody would let me play in their band. You know, uh, one of the neighbor kids showed me a few chords and, and then I just kept practicing and practicing. And then, um, I got better than they did, I guess, and they wanted me to be in their band yeah. by that time. I like, I don't think so.
0: I think the people who have the fire, you know, that's kind of how it goes. Like, you're inspired by somebody, but then you kind of rock... It almost seems like you rock it past them at yeah, some
1: point. Yeah, well, I, maybe they lost interest or whatever, but
0: yeah. I, I just knew that I wanted to, to play guitar. And people and are in I it for different it. reasons. Like, for a lot of guys, you know, I don't know what it's like for girls, but a lot of guys, like young guys, learn to play guitar so they can get girls. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that
1: the, at the... At eight years old, I was thinking about girls Probably too much. Not. But I did see uh, Viva Las Vegas with Elvis, and i saw that he got girls, race cars, you know, yeah, and guitars just for play guitars. So
0: gold lamé suits, yeah, and the, and the suit. Uh, so, but you know, you at, at eight. Your fingers aren't even human, like not say, human size. They're human size, but they're smaller human size. There's, they're there's not adult size.
1: Definitely smaller human. Um,
0: did you start with know. a smaller guitar?
1: No, I still have the guitars at my folks' house, and and, uh, it did make my fingers almost bleed. Luckily, it had nylon strings on it, but, you know, it's called a Champ, and it's a piece of crap, and they said that if you play this guitar Uh and take lessons for a year, we'll get you a new guitar. It's a fair deal. Yeah, and it was was a choice between um, a Telecaster and a Mustang, and, uh, of course, I chose the Mustang because it looked like a Stratocaster.
0: Uh huh. So now, smaller fingers, human sized guitar, <laughs> learning these tunes. Uh, you know, what were the artists that you heard like playing on the radio that made you think, like, man, I want to do that? I mean, other than Elvis, of course. It's
1: the Stones. Stones. Stones, Beatles, um, uh, Iron Butterfly, uh, Cream.
0: Um, like a solid foundation in American rock music. American rock, but there's also, rock. Rock. you
1: know, that, that might come a little bit later but before that you know am radio listening to the you know in the back of my mom's corvair james brown you know i remember distinctly hearing papa's got a brand new bag and wondering why a man needed a purse okay you know i was i think i was like four years old three or four but you know all the stuff coming out of of, uh, motown and and um uh muscle shoals, all that stuff, you know, that was being played on the radio lots of guitar. Yeah, lots of great stuff. And that's
0: a, well, I guess that's my point is it's a, it's a very solid foundation. You know, because you know, people I guess everyone is standing on the shoulders of Giants to a certain extent. I mean they were standing on Chuck Berry's shoulders and Bo Diddley's shoulders right. and then was standing on someone else's shoulders. But you know, you go back to the Beatles and the Stones. I mean that's a it's a good good starting point. I yeah,
1: think. and then from there you can you can see their direct influences, you know, who who they were you know, and yeah. go to their sources, then follow them back.
0: And then you did something else in your career that a lot of other guitar players, especially guitar players, like don't seem to do. You actually studied guitar, correct? Did you go to Pepperdine?
1: Yeah, I studied guitar. I, I, I've been taking lessons. I'm still taking lessons for different instruments. But I studied um, classical guitar. I mean, right around, I think, end of the 70s, music got really bad, and disco started taking over and i really didn't know what i wanted to do but i knew i still want to play music and and i was going to pierce college in the valley and and um, there was a classical guitar class i thought what the heck i liked i was into genesis at the time and yes and and those guys steve and steve hackett played a couple of solo uh, classical type pieces that uh, caught my ear and so i decided to take the class and i fell in love with classical guitar and that's all i did for i think five
0: years play, you know. had yeah, the fingernails and everything? Fingernails. The right I, I would, hand fingernails. I would
1: take at least a half an hour, 15 minutes to a half an hour working on my nails before I started practicing. Okay. Every day.
0: That was something, because I did the same thing in college. I had to take uh, jazz and classical lessons in college. And the, it's so funny. It sounds like it's your priorities are so different at, at some age. That like, I mean, I had to grow my nails up, but it right. drove me bananas to have to like futz around with my nails. It's so
1: hard because I, I used to buy my nails. I never had nails.
0: That's even harder then.
1: So it's like, still to this day, I have I have no nails on my left hand, and I've got some nails on my right. Yeah,
0: because the I mean, <laughs> I, I've always uh, I've always enjoyed frisbee. I don't know I don't know what it is about <laughs> yeah,
1: frisbee. It's a great, it's, it's, it's a frisbee. It's a
0: fun sport. So you know, I would always be out throwing the frisbee around, and it's terrible on your fingernails. I was constantly terrible, breaking yeah. my nails, which just sounds like this to be a guy and be concerned about your nails. It's was just a weird thing. It's, it's a weird. You're thing. not programmed to think about it. Like I think women are kind of. I, I hate to say so, and people are going to be calling me a sexist and all kinds of things, but it seems most of the women I know at least were concerned about their nails in some regard and were maybe programmed, for better right. or for worse, to care about them. But we have
1: something in common now with our nails. And we
0: do. Is... Well, we have actually several things in common. We're matchless guys. That's true. Uh, matchless amplifiers, is a very small, boutique, overpriced, but wonderful, wonderful m- amplifier company based in Southern California. Um, Anyway, my guest tonight, we're uh, we're getting down some fun roads already, Doug Pettibone. Uh, He's based out here in Los Angeles, plays with Lucinda Williams. He's out these days with John Mayer. He's got a brand new record out. It's called Gone. Let's spin a track from this. This is the track. This is the title track. Do we decide the title track? Title track Gone. Title track from Gone. So the track Gone on the record Gone, Doug Pettibone. Featuring Lucinda Williams. Featuring Lucinda Williams here on Independence Day. My name is Joe Armstrong. You are listening to Independence Day. Tonight's guest, Mr. Doug Pettibone. He's a guitarist, singer, I learned, more more than I knew than it was before, multi instrumentalist. You know him from Lucinda Williams' band out on the road these days with John Mayer, but his credit list reads like a who's who of music. Lucinda Williams, Jewel, Sam Moore, Billy Preston, Ray LaMontagne, uh-huh. Marianne Faithful, Keith Richards, Nora Jones, Steve Earl, Elvis Costello. The list goes on. There's one guy who's on here I didn't expect to see. It's Mark Knopfler.
1: Oh, yeah. I Ta- worked with, with Mark Funny story. I was playing at the Graham Parsons Festival out in Joshua Tree, and uh, staying in in Graham's room number nine or whatever it was at the Joshua Tree. At the Joshua Tree, and I just checked into the room. I got a phone call from from Mark. Said he wanted me to play with him Um, in the room. In the room, yeah. I got my phone call, and it was Mark Knopfler. Hey. I want you to play with me on uh, on this TV show. We did the Leno show. He needed another guitar player to fill out the, the sound, so he called me
0: up and and did that. What what era was that from? Which record was that?
1: It was called um, Shang- the Shangri La record. Shangri La record, yeah. and okay. then we did
0: uh,
1: we did uh, a couple songs on the Leno show, and. Uh, and then we, he asked me to do a radio show with him. We did two shows. We did that one and, and some other one in LA. And then we did a, a radio show, NPR show. And we recorded it down to Shangri La Studios and it was called, ended up being, he, he released it because he liked the way it sounded so much. Yeah. It, it was called One Take Radio Sessions. Nice. And basically we just did one take of all those songs. And it was a great experience. And he's an amazing, amazing guitar player. He yeah, is one of my
0: favorites. And honestly. A super guy. I grew up on like the the holy. I was gonna say Trinity. It's like a just holy duo. Uh, for, Gilmore was my favorite. And Mark Knopfler was probably my second favorite yeah. growing up. And these are kind of you know Knopfler can play kind of quickly, but he's not. That's not his thing normally.
1: It's not his thing. It's just more of a J.J. Cale, um, uh, Tony Joe White kind of you know his influence. I think. Yeah. I think he's even said it more that direction. But uh, what what I really love about his stuff is his his songwriting, the storytelling. Yeah. He's really great. It's like reading a.
0: He was a journalist, I think. Okay, uh, that one makes sense. One of his sense. jobs before he really made it in music and made it big in music, very big. I mean, at one point, Dire Straits was the biggest band in the world. They were. And uh, so he's got that eye, that like keen eye for detail and yeah. storytelling. Where you know people like John Prine have that. Lucinda has that. Where they can they say something kind of simply. But it's very, very deep what they're saying with those simple words. It's deep. Yeah, it's visual too. Yeah. And so here's a question I have for Knopfler. He seems like the most laid-back guy, the most laid-back British guy in the world because the Brits are not really known for you know being easygoing. Yeah, he's, he's pretty he's pretty great. Yeah, he's pretty laid-back. Good. It's good to hear. Because, I mean, I, I've read in interviews with Tom Petty where he's like, because he's got this public persona that's very laid-back. But he'll tell you, like, I'm the most neurotic guy in the world you'll ever meet. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm not a jerk. right. But, you know, it's like I my public persona is one way, but I'm I'm maniacal about details of my songs. Well,
1: you almost have to be with that much success, I think.
0: You know, indeed. So we've gotten off on another road, but I love these mandarin conversations. So you me too. tell me, you got into you know Pepperdine and you studied guitar at the college level, which is a pretty serious deal to like study the guitar. Most people, a lot of people, play the guitar. Well, I, was, I was actually
1: studying the physical elements of the guitar, yeah. right down to you know string vibration. Um harmonic breakdown of each string. And then, you know, also sight reading and, and studying the masters, the, you know, Bach and, and, uh, yeah. Soar. Uh, Soar, Fernando Sore, right hand studies. And, uh,
0: uh, yeah, much, it you, was, you wear out a foot pedal. Cause those little funny little foot pedals. For I your did. Left, left foot. I
1: wore out my foot pedal. I used to practice so much. That by the time I did my senior recital, my back was so out of whack from holding, you know, the proper uh, technique, the way you're supposed to hold a guitar with your foot up on the pedal, that I I think I destroyed the pedal after I
0: graduated and I no longer So how much is so much? Were you like a a four-hour-a-day guy? Were you a a six-hour-a-day guy?
1: I was eight hours um, on the breaks, like summer breaks and stuff. As much as I could, and then uh, when I got into studies, when I got to Nine, I, I think I was 20 years old or 21, and I wanted to graduate fast before I was so much older than the other kids, like maybe two years older, you know. But that uh, at that time, two years is a lot. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I took a lot of courses. I got out of, out of that school in two and a half years, when it usually takes, I think, three or something.
0: Uh huh.
1: I took like 25 units. Uh, trimester.
0: That's interesting because that's another thing that makes you different from most guitar players is that you were extremely motivated. You know, a lot of guitar players I know, I mean, everybody plays guitar and not a ton of them are motivated. So, I mean, bully for you, man. That's pretty cool.
1: I think it was out of fear of having to get a normal job because I can't do it. I don't think I, I could even survive at nine to five. Yeah.
0: Not, of a, not a punch o'clock kind of guy.
1: Not a punch o'clock, but I did have, you know, in, you know, I, when I got married and, uh, when I got out of high school, I was, I was, I started cleaning swimming pools and I had a, I started my own swimming pool service business. And so I did kind of have a, a job to fall back on mm-hmm. to, that I could, you know, do at the same time, uh, do sessions and stuff. I could move, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, it's important. I mean, the, the one thing, everybody, when you're a kid and you're learning how to play guitar, you're kind of coming up through bands and all the adults are telling you, yeah, I have something to fall back on. Oh yeah. And I think if... If they had worded it some way differently to me, because you got you know, the kids, everybody knows everything when you're a kid. I wish they would have told me instead of saying, oh, well, you need something to fall back on, I wish they would have simply said, well, do something else concurrently.
2: You don't have, to, <laughs> yeah. you, don't have to it, you don't have to think about
0: you don't have to think about as the thing you're going to do when you inevitably fail because when you're a kid that's what you hear. Exactly. That's what that's what the adults are implying to you. Like when you when this when you give up on this music this crazy music thing that you're doing, you're going to need to have a job. Yeah. Well, but that's
1: if, that's a lot of the reason why I went to, to Pepperdine. And it was an excuse to keep studying at that point is is that I could get a degree in music education. And I wanted to be a professor at one point. Of classical guitar. And then after I graduated, I found out that I'd have to take, you know, another five years to get my doctorate. And then there's only so many slots available for right. professors. So it's either you, you play at a restaurant all your life. Right. Or you're, you know, waiting in line to be a professor. Yeah.
0: <laughs> for your 30 bucks and your free chicken parmesan and exactly. your house wine.
1: Exactly. we have had plenty of that.
0: Uh, but you know So you It just, I just blows me away Like researching about you For this you know, I knew you as a player But I didn't know Like you were a triple major Triple major yeah And those three were Guitar
1: Guitar Voice And uh, Music education I think that was it
0: That's very impressive man
1: It was a lot of work Yeah it sounds but, you It know, sounds after like I, it. After I did it Because I never thought I was going to go to college Because I did horrible In high school I didn't even graduate high school because I wanted to play music, I didn't think I had to go. So I had to, I didn't graduate with my class, which was kind of a drag. But um, I went to night school, finished up, and then, and maybe that was part of why I went to college. Because nobody in my my family actually went to college and graduated. So I kind of proved. that.
0: Yeah, man. You know. Well, that's the thing. Uh, you know, the tenacity can get you very far in this world. Like Woody Allen says, half uh, half the job is showing up. And there's right. certainly an element of luck involved in music, but you have to back that up. I mean, some people are just ridiculously lucky, and it just lands in their lap. But most people in music, and even the people who are lucky, they've had to work very, very hard. You know, right. it may not seem that way on the surface, but they were very dedicated.
1: Yeah, there's, there's a lot of hard work that goes into it, and a lot of, you know, a lot of disappointments along the way, but there's a lot of, a lot of great things that have happened
0: Yeah, as well. Well, and I'm glad you're at it, man. You're, you're also a player that I, I think is really good. i like oh, love thanks. to listen to your playing and your tone. We'll talk about your guitar tone after this. Okay. How about, let's play another track from this record. Then sure. I think the next thing we've got queued up here is called "Love Sick." Tell me just a little love bit sick. about this. Lucinda sings on this too, Love well?
1: Sick, yeah. Um, Lucinda sang on this, and um, it's very, very sick with fuzz tone.
0: Is itself. this the one with the Neil Young amplifier? Yeah, it's, the, a, it's a 58 Deluxe Tweed. He's 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 crazy for those amps. I've read that he's got hundreds of them. He's like got a lot of them. Every time he hears one, he just buys it.
1: Yeah, in fact, I got this one from, we were opening up for Neil with Lucinda, and uh, some guy brought a bunch of amps for Neil to check out because um, he knows that, he knew that Neil loved these amps, and Neil didn't want it, so I checked it out. I, I wow, he actually up.
0: turned one down. <laughs> he turned it down. <laughs> you I have, guess have like a Neil he, Young reject the you you can, o- you can only
1: have so many uh, amps at a barn.
0: Yeah, know, that's true. He was maxed out. Well, Wasn't there a fire? A few years ago, at like he had a storage space off site. I think there was a fire. He lost a few of those. He lost a few, but he's got most of his
1: good good stuff.
0: Yeah, on the main uh, Neil Young World headquarters up there in the in the redwoods. Oh yeah. All right. So enough Neil Young. This is Doug Pettibone. This is the track "Love Sick" from his brand new record "Gone" here on Independence Day.
3: man's got the blues i love it, I'm crying but I don't know what to do somebody give me a doctor somebody let me a priest somebody give me a doctor somebody signify me cause I'm love sick and I'm love sick girl and I'm love sick Thank you in my world.
2: Seven days, seven nights, the house and the moon, I'm up and I'm down, I need a power room, I can't eat, I can't sleep, I spit down. Somebody give me a doctor, somebody touch me a priest. Give me a doctor, somebody syncopy me.
0: My name is Joe Armstrong. I am the host of a program called Independence Day. I come to you every week, usually on a Wednesday night. I bring you musicians from around Los Angeles, around the country, around the world. We talk about what it's like to be a musician. You can learn about this show at indepday.com. That's I-N-D-E-P-D-A-Y.com. Follow us on Twitter at Indep Day. Also find us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash indepday and Brand new, just as of a few weeks ago, we are now on iTunes as well. So go to indepdaycom slash iTunes. So now Apple will get what money we are not making doing <laughs> the show here. My guest tonight, the extremely talented and affable guy, Doug Pettibone, guitar player. You know him from playing mostly with Listen to Williams Band, but his credit list is very long, and you've probably heard him without even knowing it. So Doug, we were going to talk about guitar tone just a little bit, one of my favorite sure. topics. Yeah, uh, and we'll play a track from Lucinda, which will exemplify this a little later in the show. But uh, you, you know, a matchless amplifier is kind of one of your trademark things. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me, you know, because some people, a lot of some guitar players just play. They plug into an amp that makes their guitar louder. They get a distortion pedal, maybe a delay pedal, and they're off and running. But some people kind of really, div- you know, it's like a tone Nirvana thing. They're always searching for. That elusive special way that their guitar sounds. What is, you know? What does that mean to you? Like, how did you get down that road? Um,
1: I love different tones, and I think different amplifiers, just like different guitars, make you play differently. They bring out um, different uh, musical styles or flavors in in your playing. I mean, if I plugged into a a deluxe or a, a twin reverb. I'm not going to play the same way as if I plugged into a Marshall. It's too, you know, it just yeah, it just changes everything. So why not get a bunch? And plus, I like to collect things. Gear like acquisition gear. syndrome. I oh, think yeah. is what we call that. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. I have to just have to get a bigger storage facility. Really? For my gear. How
0: yeah. many how many guitars and amps would you say ballpark that you I've have? I've got probably close arsenal. to hundred guitars. Guitars or total.
1: 100 guitars total, but they're really, you know, they're, they're good ones. They're nice ones. Okay. And um, I've got probably 50 amps. Yeah. And lots of pedals.
0: What do, you think the, what do you think the jewel of your crown for guitar and amps is, or are?
1: I've got a 52 Les Paul that I got when I was 10 years old from my, my uh, neighbors, from my friend's dad. And I uh, got a 50 bucks.
0: I what still color? have it. What color? It's Gold Top. Gold Top. It, it's,
1: a, it's one of the first ones they ever did because it doesn't have a serial number. on. I think the first 40 don't, don't have serial numbers. Wow. This one, this one was from the Nam show or some sort of trade show back then. So I've got that, and I like that a lot, but I just I just bought one of um, Ry Cooter's old Strats. Okay. That's pretty cool. What year? It's a 58. Okay. And um, I think it's his uh, neck... And electronics, but the body's different because I think he routed the body out for his wacky pickups. But it's it's on it's a complete 50. It's a 58 body too. But it's it's one of my favorite guitars now. But I've you know I've got a couple of new Duesenbergs that I love, and especially loving the um, James Tusart guitars, the metal guitars. that are wonderful.
0: We'll t- if it's cool, we'll take a couple of pictures of those. Sure. Maybe put them up on the website, show off a little bit. Because these, these guitars, I mean, they're beautiful. I mean, you were showing to me as we were setting Just up Just happened here. to bring a couple by. Uh, very, very cool. Very, very unique. And I'm sure because they're, they've are they got this crazy grill on the back, so you can kind of see the hood's almost off. You can see the, uh, the electronics. Beautiful, beautiful You guitars. can grill hot dogs on them, too. <laughs> you could. Or
1: strained spaghetti.
0: Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, you could also do that. It probably won't, won't, though.
1: Probably not today.
0: Probably not. I mean, if it gets really lean on the road, I guess. <laughs> Man, I used to travel with a hot pot when I was on tour yeah? back in the day because some of the hotel rooms didn't have microwaves back then. Now it seems like everything, every hotel's got every electronic device known to man. But right. I used to make ramen noodles because I just needed to heat That's water. That's
1: the way to go. I wish, we've been staying to some nice hotels, they don't have anything yeah. in there because they want you to buy. The
0: more you pay. Yeah, the expensive hotels charge you for Wi-Fi too, I've found. Do they still? It? Well, they used to. When I was doing lots of road work, like the, yeah, the, the, yeah,
1: they, they the, do. But our, you know, yeah,
0: the do. more you paid for the hotel, the less likely you were to get Wi-Fi. Yeah,
1: it's crazy. Yeah, sometimes I, I, I wish we were in a, you know,
0: nice hotel where I could
1: heat up some soup in the coffee machine <laughs> not <the> hot pot,
0: <laughs> man. Those things are crazy. Um, why don't you play a live tune for us? You've got this great new record sure. we're looking at. It's nine tracks. These are all written by you. Some of them are co-written with, the, with a guy that you work with. Uh-huh. I, I had his Ned name Albright. Ned Albright. Local guy. He's here in town. He's great. Um, but, uh, you know, so these and these kind of run the gamut. Some of them are acoustic, mid-tempo stuff. Some of them are pretty gritty. Mm-hmm. Uh, we heard a couple of those from before. But you're here. You've got a, a mandolin, which you've removed four of the strings from. So it's kind yeah. of kind of a mandolin but kind of not
1: it's kind of a mandolin it's a 1920s thug gibson and um yeah a guy in town told me that it, he's, he's a great mandolin player i've always loved his tone he said just take those other four strings off you don't need them yeah and uh yeah so try it so kids at, kids at home try that and what's the name of this team going to be this one is called Sugar.
0: All right. So Doug Pettibone, a track from his brand new record gone, just came out last week. You can pick this up on you got this on iTunes, where is the iTunes, yeah. ITunes. Okay. And they're all physical physical copies as well. There's physical copies. Okay. As well. So Doug Pettibone with a live track on Independence Day.
3: Somebody's on the moon Somebody's on the cloud Somebody's feeling hungry Put the mule to the plow Shrimp boats on the water Rivers rising from the rain Mosses hanging from the willow I got the sweetest sugar cane Sunday morning, pray Jesus deep down in my soul So throw your loving arms around me Could put some sugar in the bowl I've been running On a path straight and true You know I got a destination Getting get next to you I dream about it in the morning I dream about it in the night I sure wish I wasn't dreaming I wish I may, I wish it might Sunday morning pray to Jesus Deep down in my soul so Throw your loving arms around me I Put some sugar in the bowl. Sugar rain Baby's got a hold of me I said, whoa, whoa. sugar rain Sugar rain Somebody's on the moon Somebody's on the ground Somebody's feeling hungry. Put the mule to the plow. Shrimp boats on the water. Rivers rising from the rain. Moss is hanging from the willow. I got the sweetest sugar cane. Sunday morning, pray to Jesus deep down in my soul. So throw your loving arms around me. Put some sugar in the bone. Sunday motor bread Jesus deep down in my soul. So throw your loving arms around me to put some sugar in the bone.
0: Very, very nice, man. A simple tune, played well, sung well. You've a beautiful voice. I had no idea. We talked about this before, but Thanks. I didn't know you were you were such a, a talented singer. Thank you. Thanks for noticing. It's something that, you know, I don't you know, I've only seen you play with Lucinda the one time, but I don't recall you singing very much. Do you yeah. sing on her shows a whole lot?
1: Yeah, I have a singing background for her quite a bit. But it's not really featured. Yeah. You know, it's just like a harmony here and there. But I I sang with Tracy Chapman, I was her background singer.
0: Okay, like the main guy.
1: The main guy, and I played pedal steel and I think mandolin. But I wasn't not not much guitar with her. It was mainly singing and and uh, yeah, I'm singing. I don't sing with John. I think I, I think I I, I just actually did a, a gig with him last week where I sang. It was just a couple of guitars. And how big is his band? There's about fifteen hundred people. In a, <laughs> no, it's it's. <laughs> It's um, two background singers, three guitars, bass, drums. Including him? Yeah. Okay.
0: Including him, yeah. Okay. Got him. Zane Carney's the other guitar player. Young guy's great. And now you're playing, uh, are you playing like guitar, guitar, and lap steel, pedal steel? Because you jump around a little bit. Yeah, mostly pedal steel with John.
1: And lap steel um, and electric guitar. He lets us play, too. He lets us solo. Oh, that's nice. Encourages us to And he's playing,
0: he's playing pretty big pretty big venues. So pretty
1: big arenas and stuff, yeah.
0: Yeah. So do, do me, I love this, like it's like a high school thing. Give me a compare and contrast because you're out with a lot of, you know, a lot of different people. Right. Like Lucinda's doing like theaters these days, generally when she's out. She's theaters and clubs, yeah. Theaters and clubs. And now you're doing Mayor, who's doing these uh, arenas. Um, you know, give me a, like a compare and contrast between like your experience of touring around with these different levels of things. She's, Lucinda's on a bus, I as soon as on a bus, yeah.
1: We are on a bus too.
0: Yeah, on, on Mayor. When was the last time you did a van tour?
1: Um, Been a while? I don't think I ever did a van tour. Really? Yeah. No lucky you. I did. Actually, I did one. It was on the East Coast with, with a band called The Surfers, and it was uh, the pro surfers. Kelly Slater was in it, and uh, Rob Machado and Peter King. And that was produced by T-Bone Burnett, and that was a van tour, and it was fun. Until one guy got sick, and then we all got sick. Yeah. Because there's no escape.
0: Yeah, the bus is a much more civilized way to get around. And those have come a long way, too. Yeah, it's really nice. Uh, I, mean, I love the bus. And so, you know, because you guys, at your level, I mean, gosh, we were in a bus. We had 12 bunks on our bus, so it felt like a submarine. Right. Like the whole back, like third of, you know, maybe half of the bus. There's the lounge in the back, of course. Right. But then like all oh, there's that like submarine area where everybody was had their little coffin sized bunk. Are you how many bunks are you guys doing in your
1: Um we've got let's see two, three, four, five, six, seven,
0: eight, eight? Yeah, because there are there Yours, are different yeah. levels. You know, you can get like the lead singer bus, which has like no bunks. No bunks, just a bed. Just a bed. And then you've got like the band level where the Star Lounge. Yeah, you've got <laughs> exactly. And then you've got like the prevost with the uh like the eight bunks, which are a little bigger. Yeah, they call them condos. Yeah, you can actually read a book.
1: And I've, I've been on. I think the one with Ray LaMontagne was the smallest bunks. It was over in Europe. We have the double decker buses over there, and I could. You can. You can. I'm. I'm not that big. But I couldn't really, you can't really turn over in these boxes. You just lay flat
0: like a pancake. I felt when I was doing it, you know, because for people who aren't in the music business, you know, what you do is you generally, if you're on a bus tour, you play the show. After the show, you know, maybe there's a meet and greet, maybe there's something, or maybe there's not. But usually you're on the road fairly soon, you know, within an hour, hour or two after the last note. And you, you know, you get your shower, maybe you get on the bus, maybe get on the bus. There's usually some food, you know, Yeah, hopefully not pizza, hopefully not pizza. Ours was fairly... Usually pizza. Usually pizza. Ours was fairly good. Uh, You know, and there's usually beers for people who want beers. And you get on the bus, and then there you go. You're off on the highway, you know, sometimes before midnight after these shows. And you travel. The guy, the bus driver, drives overnight to the next town, which is ideally a bus... Eight eight hours. You know, between five and eight hours away. And you wake up in a parking lot next to the venue in your bunk on the bus. And at the time... I mean, our bun- our bunks were very small, like you said, and I felt like cargo. You know, did you ever right. get that? You know, that when you're in the tiny bunk.
1: Yeah, I felt like I was in a coffin one time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I might as well be a guitar in a case, right? <laughs> riding in this thing, but man, it's a good experience, though. It's fun to like to wake wake up uh, in just a completely different town, completely different time zone.
1: Yeah, it's nice. It'd be it's it's great to to stay in one place for a while more than one night, but it's, it's very rare that you get to. Yeah. And we used to love to come into town the day before. Yeah. You know, and then, and then do a gig the night after, but
0: tell me, tell tell me more of what you like about being on the road, you know, no matter what the level.
1: Um, I like that all my
0: focus is on, um,
1: the music and the show and, and it's all you know. Everything is, is about um, about music. I don't have to think about uh, what's going on with the family and kids and and uh, running here and running there. I mean, everything's done for you. So yeah. yeah, it's geared to to maximize you as a musician.
0: Yeah, you get to be what you kind of maybe dreamed you yeah. wanted to do when you were a kid. It's great. You know, because that we all learned. Gosh, I was telling someone last night, like I I set out to be a musician and to be a musician, I had to learn Photoshop to make band posters and do, and then I learned web design to do band websites. And then I learned all these other booking and, you know, all these other different things and it's great. Diversification of skills is great. But what I really wanted to do was that. Right. And like give my laundry to someone and say, bring it to me clean. (laughs) Yeah, that's nice. (laughs) You know? Uh, So tell me what, uh, you know, this is maybe an obvious question, but what don't you like about being on the road?
1: Um, the hardest part is, uh, I've got family and, uh, I just have a new baby. He's nine months old, but it's easier Thank now. Congratulations! Thank you. Course. It's easier now because of FaceTime and Skype. Yeah. But I've also have an 18 year old boy and it was really tough to be away from him. I was with Jewel at the time when he was, I think two or three and, and, um, and I'd be gone for two and a half months and I'd be in Europe or Japan and the phone calls like a thousand bucks, you know? Yeah. And you just miss, Yeah. you know, you're traveling so much and so much is going on and it's all great. And then, but after, you know, after about a month, you just want to go home. Yeah. You know, you really do. And this time I was out, I was touring with, I was out with John doing some rehearsals in New York, did a couple of gigs, did Eric Clapton. Crossroads show and something else. And then I f- flew to Europe to play with Lucinda for two months and then flew directly back into New York to do some more, a couple rehearsals, then a start, a month and a half tour with Mayor. So I was gone for you know, almost four months. Yeah, it's a long from stretch. Me. And it was, it was really tough.
0: Yeah. So do you just keep a bag packed? Yeah, or, or like you know, do you have like a different set of just clothes, or like road clothes, and different set of? I'm wearing stuff? them right now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I just no, I just I, I know exactly what I, okay, you know, put in my my bag and and uh, and I've got some stuff. We have a wardrobe case that I leave a bunch of stuff in.
0: Yeah, very so I convenient. Just bring, bring the essentials. Do you collect, uh, like a lot of road guys, like collect laminates or they collect like the mini shampoos? At one point, I had, I feel like a grocery bag (laughs) full of mini shampoos because my whole plan was I'm never going to buy shampoo again for the rest of my life because every time I go, I'm just going to take it home and then I just put it in a bag. But then at one point, I was like, this is so annoying at home. (laughs) This is a lot
1: of plastic. It's a lot of plastic. And if it leaks all over your stuff, it's not cool. Yeah. I, I collect, I do collect the laminates. I know some people collect the keys. And, um, no, just, uh, I'm actually the the leads one of the singers in John's band collects pens from these nice hotels, okay. and they're actually really nice pens. And so I, I decided to collect some pens and 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 brought a, a nice little uh, gaggle of pens home to my wife, and she she loved them.
0: Yeah, it's funny to integrate those things into your like regular domestic life at home sometimes because I'll be rummaging through a kitchen drawer. Looking for a pen to write a phone number down, and I pull up the pen, and it's from some hotel in Nagoya, Japan. You know, right. like, and it's I, I like those kind of talismans that take you to places that you've been. Oh, yeah. On your travels, great. You know, because it's you know because you can put them all together and have them be a collection. Like, okay, there's my road stuff, or I'd like to distribute them in my world. Right. You know, like, oh yeah, that that you know, there's a guitar pick that balances out the coffee table that says, I don't know. It's a guitar player Chris Caraba I used to work with Dashboard Confessional. It's mm-hmm. Chris Caraba pick and like that's just how where it wound up you know right. so I, I love these little details so uh, tell me this I'm gonna get to some more music here before too long but I'm curious you know do you, are you a guy that practices a lot even now like being so dedicated in your younger years being a triple major playing classical guitar jazz guitar playing with all these different people do you still woodshed regularly I do
1: um, especially on on tour uh, with Lou, I was we'd get to the gig around lunchtime to get a free lunch, and um, this is all about saving money when you're out there, yeah, kids. And uh, I get there, I I do lunch, and then I practice until um, sound check, which is four o'clock. So I get four hours wow. there, and then I practice. So uh, where where would you find a place that was quiet on stage? Just right on stage on her on on her tours you could do it on in theaters and stuff because we don't have we don't have big crew bringing the lights doing the sound check our sound checks would only last maybe 10 minutes because lou wouldn't even be at the sound checks so we just strum her guitar and then after the sound check i'd i'd play until doors so i'd get about another t- at least two hours in so i'd do about six hours a day when i was out with her and that's built mainly for pedal steel yeah because that's a it's a bear. It's a bear. It's a, there's a lot to learn, and I'm, I really, really get into it and enjoy it. Yeah.
0: How long have you been playing pedal steel?
1: I've owned one for... Since 99.
0: Okay. Because bits, I mean, I just every time this comes up on the show, I have to describe the instrument because it's it's like playing an octopus almost. Because you're using all of your you're using all of your extremities and they're all doing different things. Different stuff. If you're right-handed, your left hand is holding a metal bar that you're moving across the strings with no frets. Right. Your right hand has little picks on it that you're actually plucking with, or sometimes metal picks. Metal metal picks, and sometimes strumming. Your right foot is controlling your actually your right leg is doing two different things. That's, uh, is your volume pedal your right foot? Yeah. Volume pedal is your right foot. Your right knee is moving levers back and forth to the left and the right that changes the pitch of strings while you're playing. Uh-huh. Your left foot is doing that same thing, but also, the for the knee, I mean, but then your left foot is also hitting pedals on the floor right. that are changing pedals of strings. And then you may have guitar pedals that change the tone on top of that.
1: Right. And then you have to play in tune, and then you have to play in tune. And then you have to play in tune with the band, and then you have to play... Stuff that sounds good yeah. with the band.
0: Man, I mean, you you know, you know, have to be a higher order being, I think, to even sit down at one of those things. I don't know. You're doing well. Why am it's, I doing it? It sounds good, because it's I'm, great. I'm, I'm you're starting, good at I'm it.
1: I'm starting to question, but there's, there's too many things to think about now. Well, you're good at it. It sounds good. Oh, thanks.
0: You know, um, So you're, you're getting hours a day in, even. Now. But John Mayer, but, are you getting, is you getting woodshedding time in with um, him? We,
1: we sound check between an hour and two hours a day, and it's... Mainly to uh, explore new uh, arrangements. So he's the changing them
0: up pretty regularly?
1: Yeah, he changes them up, and then we, we, he'll say, okay. We, we, get a, um, we get an email in the morning that lets us know what songs we're going to do for the day, an assignment. And so we'll learn the songs in your room, the basic chord changes, and then we, we bring it to the... Are to, they new tunes
0: or covers or both?
1: Covers or new tunes like he he is going through a grateful dead period right now and he wants to crack the code to figure out how they do it and what what makes them sound the way they do we did it with jj kale and a few other people and it's fun it's like music camp yeah and we just go in and and we you know usually i'm I sit at the, the steel cuz there's another another guitar player and it allows me to, to practice and and get paid to to learn how to play an instrument
0: that's very very cool man
1: and then the pressure's on at night when there's you know twenty thousand people out there that you gotta you better play the right notes hopefully yeah or if you're gonna play it wrong and play it twice man so the people think you meant to do it
0: I am I am pleasantly envious of your situation you know because that's really cool how many guys can you say girls people in your life that you know that can get paid you know you even when you're a kid you practice for free and then you hopefully you work to get paid. And then to get to the point where you're actually getting paid to just not only just play the music, but learn new music and learn new styles mm. and learn new instruments. I mean, that's like a, it's beyond a gravy gig, man.
1: It's cool. But as soon as he hears that I'm just learning how to play the instrument, I'll probably be fired. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I won't tell anybody. Okay, thanks. Well, um, you mean, that's just it. You, you're very relaxed. You know, you're, you're a guy, you've got kind of a Zen aspect about you, just a little bit.
1: That's because I've been up all night.
0: <laughs> it's a good, well, it's a good fake, man. It's a good fake. How about another tune? What else? You got some more stuff from Gone that you're going to play live. Um, here. You bought some guitars, too. You've got the mandolin and a guitar. What's this next tune going to be?
1: This one is going to be a song called California.
0: California. All right. So tell me just a little bit about this before we before we play it.
1: Um, it's a song about uh, a couple places that I've been to. Actually, they're, it's referring to um, actual persons that have lived in these uh, states geographic locations geographic geographic locations yeah so it's not actually about the state okay it might be about a person well california just
0: saying it's the common thread yeah but it's really about these other places yeah all right once again doug pettibone very very happy to have him on the show tonight let's hear this
1: song called california
3: hope you know I ain't gonna lose the end no more The hurricane come and push me right out of the door The swamp's full of alligators It gets hot as a fucking equator I hope you know I ain't gonna lose the end no more swim waste in the New Jersey Shore My brain got convoluted cause the water was so polluted I hope you know I ain't going down to Jersey no more California California I down to Georgia no more Charlie Daniels said That's where the devil went down for sure They had a big fiddle fight And you know that shit just ain't right I hope you know I ain't going down to Georgia no more Oh
0: Very, very nice man. Geographic, uh, I'm saying like geographic cure, but it's like a geographic point of reference to talk about what you do and don't like about those places mm-hmm. and where you live and where you're from. That's right. Because you're a native Californian. Yes, I am. Third generation. Third generation, which is you know that's eons for a lot of people. That's a
1: long time, yeah. For Californian, most people get smart and leave, but our family. Just decide to stay. So
0: let's, I mean, I hate name dropping, but let's. we've referred this to this before, the people you've played with on your credit list. You know, your main gigs, Lucinda these days, John Mayer. Uh, you've been either on record or out with people like Jewel, Sam Moore, Billy Preston, Ray Mary Marianne Faithful, you know, Keith Richards, maybe people have heard of him. Mm-hmm. Steve Earle, he's a talker, is he not? Yes, he's mm-hmm. got his own show. Big talker. Uh, Elvis Costello, John Baez, Mark Knopfler, Sting, Michelle Schacht, Vic Chestnut, Lisa Marie Presley, uh, who out there haven't you played with that you would love to play with?
1: Um, who would I like to play I'd play, play with McCartney. Okay. Um, i like to play with uh, Tom Waits. Mm-hmm. i like
0: to play with... Smokey uh, Hormel, I know, Smokey's is a guy that's, that's worked with Tom for quite a bit. Uh, and who else has he had? Guitar on his records. Smokey was the last guy. it has been his last few things that he's done, I yeah. think. Smokey's great. And he plays with Beck, too, I think, right? He
1: plays with Beck. Um, I play with John Doe, too. I don't think that's on there. Do you know who John Doe is? No, uh, yeah. He's great. I love John Doe. Um, who would I like to play with? There's a bunch of people. Um, I just can't think of off the top of my head. But mainly, you know, I'd really like to work with Tom, Tom Waits. and uh, yeah. And, yeah, uh, I feel
0: like playing with Tom. Like I, I get the impression that he, you show up and he kind of makes you forget everything that you know, right? And makes you do. I, I would love to play with Tom Waits for that reason. Like I, as a player, just, just to have him mold me into something that he wants, right? You know, would be I think would be a wonderful musical experience to have him say like, okay, no, 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 you can't yeah. use your pick that you like. Yeah. You can't use the guitar that you like. You can't yeah. use the amp that you like. Now let me change the tuning for you. Now go one, two, exactly. three, go. And then yeah. it's one take and the song is done. Yeah you know, so ridiculously artistic.
1: He's great. Actually, Neil Young is, is at the top
0: of that list. Okay. I just have to say that. Very, very nice. For reasons. So uh, tell me this too. Like, you know, you're, you're out there with all these different people. You've played with so many different people. What artists are out there now? Uh, like, young, I mean, don't have to be young, but like newer artists that are, you know, like another way to ask this question would be like, well, what are the last three records you bought? Or what records in your CD player right now? You know, in, in as much as people buy records anymore.
1: Um, what did I get?
0: Or what was the last thing you heard that you were like, "Man, that's great"? Uh, this band called the Red Stick Ramblers. I don't know where they're from.
1: Do you, do you know those guys? I don't. I don't. I think they're the kind of a Cajun kind of like country. It just came up on my playlist the other night. Um, that was great. Um, what else has got? I've been listening to a lot of soul, um, but nothing really that new. Uh, um, just whatever's on the radio. I, I really haven't bought that many yeah. things. I most just,
0: people say that. How do you discover new music? That's maybe the the next best well, question is, are you a... KSRW
1: pan- is a good place for uh-huh. me to discover new stuff. Are you like a Pandora guy or a Spotify guy? I'm not. My wife is, is really into a lot of different... Uh, types of music and she's got her, her father was really into, into music and collected a lot of uh, CDs and, and uh, so she turns me on to a lot of a lot of great stuff and my son my 18 year old son is, is, is turning me on to yeah a lot of great which stuff which is very
0: convenient because they get into stuff and you know they bring you stuff and go hey check this out dad this is great
1: yeah when I mean, we share the, the cloud so when I buy something he gets okay. it and then v- vice versa so he just you know does he have, he have good taste he, he's got great taste yeah, he loves, I mean, he knows more about David Bowie than I know about David That's like Boy.
0: my greatest fear about having kids and maybe every parent's greatest fear other than having them just become a stripper or a crack right. addict is, you know, maybe in a whimsical kind of way. is like um, music is such a big deal to me. I, I don't think I could bear it if my kids were like oh yeah I mean Katy Perry is my favorite band in the yeah, entire exactly. world and I'll do respect to Katy Perry she's a professional right. she's, she's, I'm not saying she's not talented I just don't want to hear it exactly in my house and I guess all kids go through that phase where they play whatever but then they, yeah, maybe my, they settle my into kid, something
1: my kid really didn't he had this one guy that it keeps popping up on my playlist for some reason that was horrible I'm not going to say his name but that's the only one person that he um, listened to that wasn't cool I mean, I'm it, sorry. Who it, was it?
0: Who was that? I'm you not. I'm not going to say the. We're not going to say the artist. Okay. No. Um, Probably fair of you.
1: But uh, I mean, he listens to like Velvet Underground stuff and stuff that I kind of skimmed on. But he's way into it deep. And uh, Lou Reed and and uh, he just got really great taste in music. And I love hanging. We just he came over the last couple nights and we just played rummy. And is he also a musician? And no, he he could play stuff and he could figure. He's got great ears, but. He doesn't have the, the drive or the passion, but he he
0: music is really important to him. Would you, if he was going into music, would you try to encourage or discourage him from doing music? I'd
1: encourage him to whatever he he wanted to, whatever his passion was. If you you know, I would yeah. be behind him like my parents were. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, know?
0: that's cool. I mean the <laughs> the the thing that I always think of when that kind of topic comes around is Alan Alda, yeah, you know, the legendary actor, uh, right. He always said, because he grew up in a show business family, and you know, he's had a very storied career. But uh, when people ask him, like his kids or people they ask him, like you know, what's your advice for the entertainment business? And he said, well, I'm not going to tell you not to, but if there's any other thing that you think you can do, you should do that. Because right. this, this ride that you get into if you're going to do acting or music or whatever, and I'm not saying it's, it's all bad. But if you, get in, if you do this, you know, be prepared for the ride of your life. Because it's going to be some things that you just never possibly would have imagined that you'd have to go through. So
1: <laughs> to, to, to me, this. that sounds really exciting.
0: Yeah, you know, well, that's but just, not everybody
1: wants to to, to to
0: live a life and I, like that's, that. I think that's what he's trying to impart upon them: is that like, look, I'm not saying it's terrible. I'm not saying it's all bad. But if if you want, you know, a calm, stable life with a nice car and a nice stereo and a nice house, maybe this isn't the career for you. You may right. have those things, but you also may never have those things, and that's the risk that you're taking. I think. Right. Um. Anyway, they didn't mean to get all heavy about that. It's okay.
1: Well, I think my my folks did have a lot to do with with with, uh, the drive and everything. My dad was a special effects man in in the motion pictures, and his dad was too. So his job was kind of like a musician's job, where they do a TV show, and then the the show would be canceled, and there'd be no work for a couple of months. Yeah. And uh, whenever. My my work was slowing up. My mom would just always say, "You better look for a real job,"
0: and my dad would go, "Just
1: give him time, you know." Yeah, it's kind of like my job. My dad is; they both are real supportive, but
0: they're they're still around now. Yeah, yeah, pretty supportive now, I guess. Yeah, paid off, right? Yeah, paid (laughs) off. My dad is; he's
1: always, you know. Yeah, he he he's real. His his way of pushing me is like that's pretty good, but uh, not that good, and. And he finally said, he finally liked my record the other night. He said, yeah, I really like your record. It's great. But I'd go over there. I found an amp over there a couple months ago. I plugged into it and I was playing away and I thought it sounded great. And he came in and he said, God, you're playing the same crap you played when you were in junior <laughs> high school. <laughs> Don't you know any nice songs? It's like, Dad. This, shut, up, uh, Dad. <laughs> I, you know, shut up, Dad. I Shut up, Dad.
0: Yeah, but, so well, it's but, not as if you don't know what you're doing. You know, you're out with John Mayer for the love of God. Uh, I want to switch gears. I want to I ask one more, like, kind of small set of questions. We have sure. one more song to play, and we'll let you get out of here. Uh, you refer to, in the liner notes of Gone, your record here, you refer to Lucinda Williams as your musical soulmate. Mm-hmm. How did you meet her? And, like, how did, because when you, when you find someone who's a soulmate, did you know that right away, or was that something that's developed of. over time? I and mean, then where did you meet her?
1: Well, I, I heard her for the first time at an ex-girlfriend's house whose mo- mother was playing, um, uh, I forget what what record she just released, re-released now. Uh, was it Car Wheels? No, Car Wheels, before that. Okay, it was before that. It was uh, self-titled. And I think she had Car Wheels, too. And I was listening, and I, I'd never heard anything like it. And uh, But somehow I connected to it, and I said, I need to be playing with this with this chick Lucinda, and I've never, I didn't hear her before. I didn't know who she was, and I never, never said that about anybody. And then, f- fast forward a couple of years, Taras was playing with her, and he said, well, bass he need,
0: player, bass player, pronounce his last name like it's properly pronounced. Prudnyak. Prudnyak.
1: That's what I was doing. S-
0: but for for years, like,
1: nobody even knew how to pronounce his first name, so we just call him Mister T. Okay. Or T. I pity the fool. Pity the fool. Plays <laughs> bass. But, uh, so he told me that the, she was going to audition guitar players, but he couldn't recommend me because he recommended the last guitar player that got fired. So I had to kind of find a way to get the audition on it. And I found a way and I got it and it was in, in uh, Nashville. I just happened to be there. Was she living there? Or is that just where the She was living were? there okay. and I was rehearsing w- with this band called Paint and it was the guys from the Mavericks and we had this band, um, and we're playing over in in Europe, getting ready to go over there, and, and uh, so I did the audition. I I I thought I totally sucked, and she said, "Oh, that's great. That's exactly it. You're the guy." And uh, so I guess she knew that through all the mistakes and everything I, that I musical mistakes that I made, that I was yeah. the guy. And and we've had a connection uh, musically that uh, it seems to work. You yeah, know, really well. We don't really say what we're gonna do how we're gonna play
0: we just do it because you kind of serve as her like de facto like music director you know i I mean i can't imagine there's like big titles you don't get like a placard on your desk right but you know you're the kind of guy that kind of helps arrange the stuff and she brings songs in and then because you record with her as well
1: yeah record with her um not, not so much we talk about arrangements um but she pretty much has all the the say. She knows exactly where she wants to go. Maybe we I you know suggest why don't we go to back to uh, verse right here or just you know. Uh-huh. But as far as music directing, maybe if we're if we're bringing in a new uh, drummer or bass player to rehearse them through the songs, or I I would know where you know how the songs went and I could sing the songs if she wasn't there and rehearse up a band. That That would be more of like the music directing
0: that I would do, I think yeah, actually, yeah,
1: arranging her record,
0: all right, well, we're talking with Doug Pettibone, and we're talking about him playing with Lucinda Williams, the legend. Uh, you're a legend in your own right, man. You got this brand new record, Gone. Let's play a track from Lucinda. This is a track that's kind of special to me. I remember I've seen you play with Lucinda one time. We talked about this before. It was the week of September 11th, 2001. It was a very strange time to be seeing any artist or to be playing any music or to be even doing anything as it an was American. Weird. Let's spin this track. Lucinda Williams, this is a track, Real Live Bleeding Fingers and Broken Guitar Strings. Doug Pettibone's my guest here on in Independence Day. My favorite listen to Williams guitar tracks out of many many great tracks the guitar player on that track Mr. Doug Pettibone he's my guest on Independence Day tonight you can learn about him through his Facebook page facebook.com slash Doug dot Pettibone p-e-t-t-i-b-o-n-e and then you can learn about you're gonna, you gonna do any touring on this you're gonna play some shows maybe I'm
1: doing a couple shows I'm doing one at Hotel Cafe on March 22nd
0: mm, what day of the week is that do you, have one, uh, do you know
1: I don't. I think it could be a Thursday.
0: Let's look it up. If it's a weekend, I'm there. If it's a okay. weekday, my, my day gig, which is a night gig, prevents me from going to see Whoa. shows during the week, which is terrible for me. It's awful. Yeah, it is. Because Jason be... Isbell just announced a show, and I think his new record is that oh, came out gosh. last year is phenomenal.
1: Okay. Getting back to the question new stuff, his record
0: blows me away. Phenomenal. That's what I bought phenomenal. last week. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Phenomenal. I, uh, you know, I've been a fan of his since he was in Drive-By Truckers. And, I mean, people... The people who have been hearing me evangelize about him for years are probably rolling their eyes right now, but I'm glad to hear it coming from somewhere else because I think that record is absolutely stunning. Yeah, top to bottom. It's called Southeastern. uh, You know, uh, few records hold up that well, front to back. It's a masterpiece. He he played at the Troubadour just this last uh, late summer, and he's just announced a show in L.A. coming up in April, but I think it's a weeknight. I don't think I can go. Rats. I can think of much stronger language to say, but I'm not going to say it. Uh, but your brand new record, Gone. Mm-hmm. Love the artwork. Speaking of Drive by Truckers, the artist who did the, the artwork on here is reminiscent of Wes Freed, who does Rob the DeLoach artwork. Rob Deloach from Hawaii. Did a great job on it. Uh, nine tracks. You should pick it up. Pick up on iTunes. You are you saying you're doing a hotel cafe show. And hotel then,
1: cafe and then somewhere down in San Diego. Just a couple of shows. A couple of shows. Yeah, who will be in the band, road? do you know? Um, Jim Christie. Uh, Heavy hitters. Taras Pradhaniuk. um Phil Parla piano. Oh, nice, Phil. So basically, listen to Williams' love band from uh, World Without Tears and we also did the um, live at the Fillmore record. That's going to be my backup band. And then uh, I'm sure there's going to be some special guests too, so Very come nice. on by.
0: Everybody should go check those things out and pick up the record, pick it up on iTunes, pick it up at a show or... You know, if you're uh, if you're a John Mayer fan, uh, you can go out and see him play with John Mayer. Going back out in April, you said? April, yeah. Any but you have to go
1: out to Australia to check it out. Okay, well, that could be worse. Come on, it's a nice, nice place to Come
0: go. on down, uh, and it will be... That will make it fall there. Yeah. Correct. And uh, any any plans to do anything with Lucinda any time this year?
1: I think I'm going in to work on her record um, this week sometime. This week or next week, I'm doing some
0: Very nice overdubs with her. Well, and
1: then, uh, hopefully... Uh, this year later on uh, some shows with her
0: looking forward to that man Doug thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy musical schedule to come here and talk to thank me you. and my guests here on the show you can learn about him facebook.com/dug.pedebone uh, But also there was some talk of having com at one point but it's yeah it's going to happen it's going to happen it's right. going to happen i think next- it should it's a good place. You has got a good name, too. It's got a nice ring to it. It's I a think, good right? guitar player name. It's not like Sam Brown or whatever. Anyway, thanks to Doug Pettibone, also to the Independence Day staff, Valentina Rivera, Dale Tanksley, Wayne Topinski, and Sally Shackleton. Independence Day's theme music was composed by Great Lakes Myth Society. For Independence Day, I'm Joe Armstrong. If you do anything, please be good to one another.